Hey friends, welcome to the Inspired Podcast. I'm Jessica and I'm on the Inspired team here at X Church and I want to welcome you. If you're catching us for the first time, we're so glad you're here. The Inspired Podcast is designed to have relevant conversations centered around our everyday lives, looking through the lens of the Word of God. Go back into past seasons and listen for more. Life can be so hard to navigate, especially as a Jesus-believing sister, mom, friend, or wife. So we invite you to our table, and we hope that you're inspired to view God in bigger and more awe-inspiring ways as you walk this journey with Him. Today, we have Megan back on the podcast, and we dive into a subject that apparently ended up being very near and dear to all of our hearts. We're talking about getting past past regret and talking about self-worth. So listen in. Hello, welcome back, Inspired Girls. We are on season four, episode 11. 11, 11. 11. Take it to 11. Take it to 11. We've got Megan back with us on the podcast. What's up, everybody? I mean, come on, two in a row. Guys, I feel so blessed. Two weeks in a row. Yes. My favorite. We're glad to have you back. (laughs) Last week, if you missed the podcast last week, you're going to want to go back and listen to it. We talk about vocation. We kind of dissect what vocation is, what it means, how to live our whole selves for Jesus, whether that's in our career, at home, in our family Mm -hmm. life, wherever Mm -hmm. you are um, in your age or whatever, you can live your whole life for Jesus. And so we talk about that and we talk about what happens when we actually get to a place where we feel like we're outgrowing Mm -hmm. the place that we're in. And so what do we need? Like, what steps do we take to move forward? How, what does that look like in our life? So if you missed the episode, you're going to go back to last week, but this week we are taking in our very, very last topic that was, uh, that's right. From, from the, the conference. Inspired Conference yeah. last year, which, by the way, Inspired Conference this year, we said it last podcast, May 6th. May yes. 6th. You cannot forget that. No. Don't forget to sign up. Registrations are still going. There's mm-hmm. so many exciting, fun little things as we get closer to the conference. So There's a lot of details that are being ironed out. And I'm excited. I'm excited for that day. Oh, yeah. Not only to gather with, like, several of you women and can I just say we are at the point that we're in right now we are almost to the the point of people that were here last conference and we still have six weeks to go oh Mm -hmm. so good so you can be anticipating a bigger conference that's right more women the atmosphere in here is just going to be packed with mm-hmm. anticipation, mm-hmm. expectation. Um, we're bringing in Tony, Tony Collier, which kind of fits into our topic today. And I'll tell you about how that does. Marianne Howard, Kim Fearing. You're not going to want to miss it. We're having workshops um, led by some amazing people. You, I just can't wait. So you need to sign up. If you haven't signed up, go sign up. I'm okay. So if you haven't excited. signed up, why haven't you signed up? Yeah. Why? Also, and, yeah. I've like always said this, but... There's just something different about events for women that are planned by women. By women. Like, you just know. (laughs) Like, last year, I was like, not a minute of my time has been wasted here. Yeah. Every detail of, like, the atmosphere and the food and the lunch coffee cart. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. who would think of that Mm -hmm. other than women? (laughs) You know? Yeah. And it's like, like... that's a good point, though, yeah. because mm-hmm. we tend to think through every single little tiny detail. Yes. yes. Like, my husband doesn't drink coffee. 
So he wouldn't be like, well, we need to have a coffee cart there mm-hmm. at lunch when everyone gets tired. The drag, you yes, know, yeah. tired for coffee or the lunch. I mean, even the lunches, like the the lunches support a local yes. organization that helps women get back on their feet coming out of abuse and sex trafficking. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, mm-hmm. like an amazing deal that we can eat really good food and also support someone at the same time. Yeah. And it's just like, I, it's like my favorite day of the year. I know. So I love it. all that to say, you might be thinking if you're anything like me, I was a little skittish about women's conferences mm-hmm. at one point in my life. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. Ugh, I don't like just too much estrogen. Yeah. Cause I live, yeah. if you remember, I live in a house full of four boys. <laughs> and so being around women, uh, is just not my ideal scenario of what I would want to do to relax. But what God has proven to me over and over again mm-hmm. through the conferences, through the years, is that there is something really special about gathering yes. with the same species of me mm-hmm. and yes. just being yeah. able to like worship alongside yeah. a sister mm-hmm. over here and a sister over here. And I just, I'm excited. So, so please good. sign up. Come May 6th. You have amazing things in store for you. And so does God. God has a lot of things in store That's for right. your heart too. That's yeah. right. That's why you don't want to miss it. It's so good. So, uh, Tony Collier, I mentioned her and how she kind of links into our episode today. Uh, because today we have um, a really exciting episode on getting past regret and past choices and then how that ties into your self worth. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of this is going to be rooted in talks about our identity. And um, Tony Collier, who is one of our speakers at the, at the conference, is an amazing communicator, number one. And number two, she, more than anybody else I think I've ever been able to see, like through a book or on Instagram or whatever, she witnesses the broken parts of her life and points them back as a testimony to who he mm-hmm. has been in her life. Yeah. And um, so she has just gone through some crazy stuff and she takes ownership for a lot of her brokenness and she talks about things that she has regretted doing in the past. She says it very openly, but she, the thing I love about it is she points back to the healer and Mm. to the one who is our hope and that's Jesus. And she does it in such a beautiful way. And, um, after reading her book, brave enough to be broken, if you haven't read it, you want to want to get it. And I'm, I'm sure it will have them on sale at the conference. Um, I was just inspired to kind of dig mm-hmm. deeper in my life yeah, mm-hmm. and to kind of think through what are some areas that I may have had regret over, yeah. but, and I asked for forgiveness, but I'm still holding on to them. I'm still carrying them yeah. in a 50 pound backpack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what do we do about those times where we regret and, and what, how was the implications of our self-worth and how we view ourselves? And how we view the sisters mm-hmm. around us. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of ties there. So, tell us everything that in your life that you've regretted in the past. <laughs> okay, um, I'll start because I like lists. So Just I have one. <laughs> okay, Megan, <laughs> you go first. Um, no, I think that the first thing that comes to my mind when we think about regret is that I, you know, like the whiteout, like the liquid whiteout. Uh huh. I just like. I like to take those regrets and just like, block them out. Yeah. If I don't see them, they're not there. Whether it's like a week. Others would call this shoving it under the rug. Yes. Um, I guess I just really like white out and like office supplies. So that's what. (laughs) Makes total sense. That's what I'm thinking of. (laughs) I like the white out tape. 
But the then when tape, it gets jammed, yeah, I'm like, I, I wanted to get no, rid of that. I can't when they're jammed. jammed. The whiteout liquid takes a minute to dry, and that is kind of annoying. But when the tape gets jammed, that's enough to keep me angry for like six months. <laughs> so I just can't do that. Um, but I think um, I think one of the main reasons why regret can be so intertwined in our self-worth is because, like, personally, me, I like to do this. Um, I just don't, I don't like to even acknowledge that it was there, whether yeah. it was um, a, a single decision or maybe, like, a span in your lifetime that you were like, I just did a lot of regretful things or, like, a friendship. It's like, um, I'd rather never speak to that person again mm-hmm. than have to talk about, you know, the ways that I've wronged them. Mm-hmm. And um, when we do that, I think when we, you know, use the whiteout or brush it under the rug, eventually that rug is going to be moved. And what's going to be under it is all that dust and that trash. And it's going to, like, get your allergies going. And you're going to be, like, reminded. all the time. Yeah. You're going to be reminded of that regret. (laughs) And it might not be in the way that you're used to. It might not be like, oh, I feel ashamed of what I've done. It might look totally different mm-hmm. because it can morph itself into whatever season yes. of life you're currently in. Yes. Mm-hmm. You might find that you have, like even in your marriage, if, there, if you have something that is just a, a barrier between you and your spouse, that could very well be a product of past regret mm-hmm. that has not been addressed. Mm-hmm. And I think that we do that because it's easier to forget about it than it is to address it. Um, and for me, regret oftentimes involves another person because I feel deep regret when I've upset someone mm-hmm. or when I've wronged someone. And it's a lot easier for us today to not address that than it is to, um, have the humility and drop our pride long enough mm-hmm. to say, I'm really sorry about what I've done and how, like, what can I do? Yeah. Well, here's the thing about regret is that when it lies to you mm-hmm. and tells you that your secret is better kept mm-hmm. in the dark, uh, it forgets to tell you that if it comes out in the light, it actually brings a lot of freedom. Yeah. And regret doesn't want you to know that mm-hmm. because new levels of freedom will use your regret to glorify God mm-hmm. and then in other circles use your story Right. of your brokenness mm-hmm. to bring him glory as well. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a domino effect because that freedom gets released and it's a chain reaction mm-hmm. to where everybody else wants mm-hmm. to have the same freedom that you have. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think too, that um, it's sometimes easier to go to God and just say, I did this, forgive me mm-hmm. than to then face yourself and say, yeah, I made a mistake, but I have to forgive myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You for know, sure. the, the old definition about uh, unforgiveness is that you're, you know, you're trying to keep the other person in jail and you're the, the jail keeper and you're standing there. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, you're just as much in jail as they are because yeah. you won't mm-hmm. leave because I got to make sure. Well, Pastor Tim did a message on that. That yes. was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when it's yourself, yeah. you, you get stuck. Yeah. And, like you were saying, it can come out sideways in so many other mm-hmm. ways than maybe that particular issue or whatever it was. And also then it just helps you start feeling like, well, you know, I can't be honest because mm-hmm. if if they knew or she knew or he knew this about me, mm-hmm. then 
fill in the blank. Yeah. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. they'll leave me, they'll, yeah, you know, they'll judge me, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and it's instead, you have to be able to say, go in with God to be able to say, I, I need help. Yeah. I need help forgiving myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. already, and it doesn't, when you think about it, okay, the God of the universe has forgiven me. What right right do I have to sit here and say, God, you really don't know what you're doing because you shouldn't have forgven me for that. So I'm going to hold on to it because Mm -hmm. obviously I know better than you. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's like saying, "Okay, Jesus, you took everything to the cross except this one, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. but and it just keeps us in jail. It keeps us bound up in chains. And it's so destructive in so many ways. Yeah. Um, and when we bury it and we keep it buried for a long period of time, it is hard to unbury it. Mm-hmm. It's hard to go back and say, oh, yeah, there it is. But you know what? The Holy Spirit can, like you were saying, you know, put some fingers on some things yeah. and yeah. push on it a little bit. And you go, oh, OK, I guess mm-hmm. I guess that isn't totally settled. And yeah. it doesn't necessarily happen all at once. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh. You know? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. You know, I mean <laughs> recovering from that regret takes yeah, a I think long time. I think it was like it's like, okay, I've already gone and I've asked God yeah. to forgive me. All right. Yeah. That's that's one step. But mm-hmm. the other stuff, it's like I think he knows it's like we couldn't do it all at once because mm-hmm. our brains would melt oh or my something. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> you know. And so instead <gasps> it's sometimes, you know, you set that part aside. And when you've processed and gone through enough that mm-hmm. you can say, okay, now I'm going to, to do yeah. this. You know, it's the old adage of, you know, it's the layers of the onion that you got to peel mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. until you yeah. get it down. Yeah. And he has, I, our instinct is to not bring that to God because mm-hmm. we're ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to come to God with your shame. Like, mm-hmm. it's the God of the universe. He created the universe. And you're like, oh, you're feeling ashamed. Like, that's intimidating. And it, you almost feel, mo- and then you feel ashamed that you feel ashamed because you know mm-hmm. that shame doesn't come from God. Mm-hmm. So then it's just this, and that brings me back to our podcast about shame because mm-hmm. that's a, I mean, that's just a torturous cycle. And um, I, what I have to remind myself of is that it's been promised to us that bringing that to him will be rewarded. And it brings me to a verse in Second Corinthians. And um, starts in verse 10. This is the message version. But it says, distress that drives us to God does that. It turns us around. It gets us back in the way of salvation. We never regret that kind of pain. But those who let distress drive them away from God are full of regrets and end up on a deathbed of regrets. And so that first part is telling us, come to God with that pain. Mm-hmm. If He'll take that pain and he'll turn you towards salvation. And then I love that it follows up... Um, with really the promises and it's and now isn't it wonderful all the ways in which this distress has goaded you closer to God you're more alive more concerned mm-hmm. more sensitive mm-hmm. more reverent more human more passionate more responsible looked at from any angle you've come out of this with purity of heart mm-hmm. and that is what I was hoping for in the first place when I wrote the letter mm-hmm. and I was just like that like it gives you it gives me chills because mm-hmm. when we think of our regret and we think of maybe the things we've done in the past or the bridges we've burned. The last thing I'm thinking about is feeling more alive, more mm-hmm. sensitive, more human, more passionate. I'm mm-hmm. feeling like more of a turd, you know, mm-hmm. like 
I don't <laughs> get any of those things. I was like, like, wait, she's just, yeah. She I just call like, my students turds. So I, okay. it's like, I'm like, quit being a turd. So now I just use it for myself too. <laughs> Tenth grade, that'll do it to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't feel more passionate. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like a failure. And I love that, like, God knows that. Like, he knows mm-hmm. that's where our minds will go. And so in this promise, it's, it's almost a no-brainer to take it to him. It's just getting over that hurdle. Our pride keeps yeah. us from getting there. Yes. And it's that hurdle of, like, letting yourself be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And You want to talk about your emotions, Megan? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just saying this because I feel like some of the freedom that I have had over the mm-hmm. last couple of years is because I've chosen yep. to dig into my past yeah. from the encouragement of another person yeah. that said, can you tell me about like your childhood mm-hmm. and like things that you, what happened in your childhood or whatever. And it's like, I never made the dot, like I never connected yeah. the dots and I never made the connection. Mm-hmm. And, um, this trusted person was the one who sparked just let's pull some things out from under the rug yeah, a little mm-hmm. bit at a time. <laughs> Thankfully she didn't just yeah. rip off the rug. Gosh. I was like, Oh gosh. <laughs> um, but just a little bit of a time. And, uh, I think so much of it had to do with my emotions, which mm-hmm. I, I don't like being emotional, like emotional, but I have found that it's unlocked areas of my life mm-hmm. um, because this is why I don't like emotion because I don't have control. Yeah. And oh, yeah. when yeah, I don't sure. have control over what I'm feeling, um, then I'm, I try so hard to keep it under control and keep it under wraps mm-hmm. um, that it just becomes a prideful thing. Like I don't want anybody to see me cry. Yeah. I don't want anybody to see that this has hurt me. I don't yeah. want anybody to see that I'm weak which mm-hmm. all of those are lies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've tried to keep so long and so hard to keep things under wrap because I want, I want to look like I'm worthy. I right. want to look like someone can trust me. I want to yeah. look like I can do anything. I yeah. want to look yeah. confident. And what it was doing is working against me the whole yeah. time. Yeah. And yeah. so when I reach back to the parts of my past and I acknowledge them, like I've been forgiven from them. Yeah. I have, I asked forgiveness. And once you ask for forgiveness, he forgives you. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. One and done. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. not like he keeps holding up this thing of like, well, you remember that one time that you did this? Yeah. He never does that right. ever yeah. um, because he paid for it at the cross once and for all and it's done. But what we do is we pick it back up or we, or we actually shove it. And then mm-hmm. when we pick it back up, he's bringing us healing from it because he says, you don't need forgiveness from that. I've already forgiven you from it. I need you to heal from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. just tucked it away and tried to forget about it, but I want to bring it back to light because there's some things in here that I want you to heal from because I want new levels of freedom for you. Yeah. That's right. Well, that, that makes me think of um, like, isn't that just how, the church has turned so many people away from the heart of Jesus is we take, Mm -hmm. we take these things that our pride, you know, our pride like whispers to us, like just shove it under the rug and put up this image. And you know, you like, you need to appear strong if you are a follower of Jesus. Like you don't want someone who doesn't know Jesus. We don't want to blemish God's name. I think that that's the good intention that we have. But all along the way, 
our pride just seeps out of that. Yes. And then um, isn't like my first real, real experience where I feel like I could really relate to God was through the emotions of someone else. And so it was that person letting me in to their life and their faults and their... Yeah, and seeing that they didn't have it all together. (laughs) Where they needed God and how he brought them through that, that I was like, wow, like, I feel like I saw the character of God through that Mm -hmm. person sharing with me what they would probably consider their regret and their brokenness. Yeah. Yeah. And it also makes me think of this, like, shoving it under the rug analogy and unpacking it a little bit at a time. It makes me think, I used to always get in trouble as a kid because... Did you keep candy wrappers in your room? No. <laughs> but that would be a good idea. To clean my room, <laughs> I'd shove everything under the bed. Mm. And I thought, I don't know why I thought... Out of sight, my out of mind. My parents didn't know there was an eight-inch gap. Mm-hmm. And so they would find out every time. And so there was one time I shoved everything under my bed. And when I came home, I was like, I swear my room's clean. Leave me alone. Blah, blah, you know, like your parents are nagging you to clean your room. And I came home and there was nothing under my bed because it was all gone in trash bags in the attic because that was the last time my parents (laughs) were going to let me clean my room that way. And so I would, I remember like I would go to the attic and poke little holes in the bag so like all my dolls and stuffed animals could breathe. (laughs) I was so (laughs) distraught. But you know what I never did again? (laughs) put stuff under my bed Mm -hmm. and so it just makes me think of like as we unpack this regret even if it's been like 50 years of regret Mm -hmm. and you're like ain't no way I'm getting through that Mm -hmm. as we unpack it we start to see that clutter in that like Mm -hmm. I'm just picturing like a nasty like dust ball with (laughs) things crawling like I'm just picturing like this dark collection of things and as we unpack it isn't it so refreshing to know that it's getting smaller mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even if it's not gone yeah and like it's like cleaning out your closet yeah like it's a hard tough process to yeah. go through your junk drawer mm-hmm. oh. we've talked about junk drawers oh. before yeah um <laughs> bringing it all out mm-hmm. setting it all out yeah combing through it does this okay here's another thing um does this serve me well anymore in this season? Mm. Cause I think mm-hmm. that sometimes regret can, um, the act that we did that maybe caused us regret was maybe done because of it was our, it was our armor mm-hmm. at one point in our life. I mm-hmm. mean, like we may have done something that we regret now that was a survival thing yeah. for us oh, yeah, back for then. Sure. Um, we saw it as like, survival and how do I get through this instance or this situation like I'm just gonna make this decision and I don't know if I'm gonna regret it later but then we find out later we regret doing that but at that moment it served for our survival and as we lay out the the components of our regret from our regret drawer or whatever we realize that doesn't serve me well anymore Mm -hmm. that doesn't fit me Mm-hmm. I've grown out of it. Mm-hmm. And so we need to get rid of it. And yeah, that's, that's, that's what God, that's the invitation that I think that God is inviting us to mm-hmm. is yeah. in our regret is, does this serve you well anymore? Yeah. So right. maybe ask yourself the question, if you're thinking back at a certain instance in your life, or maybe a whole, you know, couple of years in your life that you regret, um, ask yourself, are, is the things that came out of that season, I may have hold, held on to them, but is it serving its purpose any longer? That's good. And if it's not, yeah. get rid of it. Yeah. yeah. 
I think also, too, um, you also have to have some grace for yourself mm-hmm. because sometimes you can look back on something that you've done in the past. And, you know, and I know for myself, it's like, how could you have been so stupid? Yeah, you should have known better. <laughs> you should have known yeah. better, yep. you know, whatever. And it's and it's like, yeah, but remember, you were this is your situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is where you were at. Yeah. And you were trying to survive. Right. And yeah. right. And this is what, um, how old you were. This mm-hmm. is what was going on in your life at that. This is how you were equipped. This is all of those things. It's really easy in your yeah. present uh, state of life to look back and mm-hmm. go, oh my gosh, I can see what mm-hmm. that was just so bad. And therefore, in a way, judge, judge your younger self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And when Jesus is obviously not doing that. Yeah. And instead, it's it's like, yeah, if if that situation came up now, I probably no, I wouldn't make that decision. But back then, it made total sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And to be able to um, really, in a way, give grace to your younger self, give, you know, let her off the hook. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a tactic that some counselors take. Mm-hmm. Is what I've heard before is like um, engaging in your mind in a conversation with your younger self Mm -hmm. like what would your younger self like your younger self wouldn't have let you talk to you this way yeah yeah so you shouldn't either in this stage yeah you know all my years of (laughs) counseling and stuff it's like you know you take a chair an empty chair and you sit it in front of you I've done that before Mm -hmm. I have too Mm -hmm. and I'm just saying you know what would I say yeah Mm -hmm. you know and and it and it's it is really helpful because you know or sitting in your journal and writing yeah. yeah. To your younger self. And and just realizing that you did the best you could maybe at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you when you don't when you don't deal with it when you put it mm-hmm. under the bed mm-hmm. or <laughs> under the rug, mm-hmm. then and you hang on to that yeah. unforgiveness towards yourself. Yeah. Well then you give a foothold to the enemy. Mm-hmm. And one. then the lies come in. Yeah. And the lies come in and say You'll never get over this. Yeah. You need to hide this because if anybody knew, then they would judge yeah. you. They would, you know, you would lose status. You mm-hmm. would whatever, you know, uh, you can't, you can never tell your husband about that. Mm-hmm. You can never tell your best mm-hmm. friend about that. Yeah. Um, and you get stuck in that. And of course that takes us right back to the garden. Yeah. What did they do? Mm-hmm. Right. They, sh- they yeah. hid. Well, and that, and that reminds me of something that's been really comforting to me is, um, that I remind myself that God has intentionally placed people in my life who extend grace to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, because I, I think that um, what shame tells us and what the enemy tells us through shame is that, you know, even if you do decide that you want to kind of sift through some of that regret, you should definitely do it by yourself. And you should definitely destroy all evidence mm-hmm. that you ever did that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when... Um, Janice, you mentioned, yeah, like sit there and write, write a letter to your younger self. And I was like, then I'd absolutely burn it because like, I don't want anyone finding that letter. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, how, how much have I benefited from being able to, even with my husband, like let him in on some of those things that I'm struggling with because it, it affects your daily life, whether you consciously know that or not and so Mm -hmm. not only does it make you more human to other people but you can receive grace 
from them and you can expect that grace from them knowing that God intentionally placed them in your life. And that is freeing as well because that also gives that person a new perspective of, well, this is where you're coming from and I wouldn't have known that Mm -hmm. if you'd not shared with me. I think another byproduct of dealing with a regret in the past is we've talked about freedom, but I think another byproduct of that is using what God has done in your life for others. Mm -hmm. And I think that so many, especially women, Mm -hmm. we, we have such a deep level of empathy for people Mm -hmm. um, that when we, when we see someone who's struggling or having a hard time getting by, I think that we have an empathy for them. Number one. And number two, it's like when I see someone go through something that I've already dealt with, then it's like a lifeline of hope yeah. Mm -hmm. because that's happened in my life before that when I've seen someone heal from something and become more whole of themselves, it inspires me to, Mm -hmm. to do the same in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, When you were talking, Janice, I thought of Psalm 107 and we're just going with the message today. I mean, I feel like (laughs) last episode and this episode, we're just message. It's good. Um, It says, Oh, thank God. He's so good. His Mm -hmm. love never runs out. All of you set free by God, tell the world, tell how he freed you from oppression, then rounded you up from all over the place, from the four winds, from the seven seas. Yeah. And I think that, um, that's, that's one really big reason that we are excited. And we asked Tony Collier to come is because mm-hmm. her life is a testimony to God's yeah. freedom. Mm-hmm. And she is all about counseling, mm-hmm. healing, becoming whole. And so like, I think that regret and dealing with it helps us become more of our whole self. Yeah. Um, and talking about our self-worth, like someone else threw out the question, like talk about self-worth. Um, freeing ourselves from past regret and being freed um, by God's work in us allows us to become more um, in touch with who yeah. he mm-hmm. wants us to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, like self-worth, what comes to mind when you guys think self-worth? I think um, that's an area of my life over the past several years that has really transformed, like almost like, uh, I always want to say 360, and then I think about it and I it's realize like that literally <laughs> <laughs> back. But um, I, I think that that has really, through my walk with Jesus, because and I don't know if we've talked about it even this season, but um, when I was in college, I went through like a big deconstruction phase and actually completely like walked away from Jesus um, and ended up coming back. And there was a lot of regret, you know, in that time um, that I'm still working through and probably will be for a while. But um, I, I know today that where my self-worth comes from is way different than where it came from five years ago. And I can in unpacking that regret, I can pinpoint the source being Mm -hmm. my self-worth and what am I doing to attain that Mm -hmm. self-worth. And, um, I've gone from like striving to attain it to now knowing that I have it Mm -hmm. and how can I work through it? That's a whole mindset shift. Mm -hmm. And it has been, there are like, there's still a lot of unpacking, but even, um, just that, like, I, I, I don't, it was, we did a study on the attributes of God and it was really through that study that I was like, 
this is God, which means like, this is me. And like, mm-hmm. that to me was just so freeing because mm-hmm. we're created in his image. And it's yeah. like, it's a, it's one, like, it's wonderful. And it's when you think about um, whatever your regret may be, I think a lot of times it's rooted in yourself. Yeah, because you're like becoming a chameleon mm-hmm. to manipulate your yes. life, to mm-hmm. blend into different scenery. Yes, and we're making these decisions and we're carrying out this lifestyle because we're trying to attain that worth. And then as soon as we get it, we like let down a little bit, but then it starts to go away. And it's like, well, now I need to get back up there. And so it's just this cycle mm-hmm. of regret. And when you're in it, you don't even really realize that like there's an alternative path. Until yeah. someone who, whether they've been through that regret um, or have been through a season like yours, is able to say, like, this is not how it has to be. Yeah. Yeah, but it's so crazy because our mind really does trick us and tell yeah. us there's no way. There's no other way. You yeah. have mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. this now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you want to be this person, you have to do this. Yeah. And if you, if that's why I think that, like, there's a huge stigma around going to therapy or Mm -hmm. even just talking about like needing to talk to someone. But when you really look at the science behind it, like it is a neurotransmitter Mm -hmm. chemical level process in your brain, which directs your entire body. That's telling you, you need to do this so that you can be happy. Mm -hmm. And so for you to sit there and say that it's your fault that you kept doing that or that you got yourself into that cycle, how are you supposed to know different in Mm -hmm. that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that my biggest um, shift, which is still like being refined is I'm not attaining my self-worth. Now I have freedom in my self-worth and I feel that the possibilities are endless Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for what I can do with that. That's why the word of God is so important. Yes. Um, Like, so the book you were talking about was Jen Wilkin and his image, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe that's a good book for you to start on. If you're dealing with, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know, like low self, like low Mm self-esteem. I don't have any worth. I don't know what my purpose is. Um, Jen Wilkin, Jen Wilkin's book is really good on that. But I feel like that's why the word of God is so important because a lot of times we approach God's word and, and I do this all the time. So we approach God's word, God's word selfishly because mm-hmm. we want, we want to get something out of it. Answers. And yeah. yeah like, what mm-hmm. does God say about this? What does God yeah. say? About, like, what do I need to do about this? Like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do about my child. What do I do about this? Like, do I get married to this guy? Do mm-hmm. I like, do I do this job or this job? And we want to go to his word because mm-hmm. we want to find the answers and that's natural and that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that God designed it that way because like he knew that we were humans and finite and that we didn't, <laughs> mm-hmm. that we would go to, we needed a source. And mm-hmm, so he yeah. provided the word of God. But what the, what I think that he does is, is when we go to the word of God to learn about ourselves, we learn about him. Mm-hmm. And then he says, and it reminds me at every step of the way, you're created in my image. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the words that you're reading, you're reading about who I'm yeah. making you to yeah. be. And so like his goodness. Mm -hmm. Like I can believe that because of Jesus, I have goodness Mm -hmm. and his righteousness because of Jesus, I can do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, compassion, like he's compassionate because Jesus 
showed me the way in compassion, I can be compassionate. Right. Um, so we, we go to approach the word of God, like, show me something, reveal something to me. And what he does in the process is he says, I'm going to tell you about who I am. And then yeah. you'll be able to define yeah. who you yeah. are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, with self-worth, I was thinking, um, as, as you guys were talking, um, thinking about when I was a young Christian, a lot of the teaching that was going on in the church in general was, um, you know, you don't want to think too highly of yourself. You want to think Mm -hmm. of others as better than you. And that, you know, this very, you know, humble yourself and God will exalt you. Those are all true things. Those are in scripture. Yeah, those are all scriptural. But what happens is if you have someone who has, um, who's struggling, who has regrets, who has things that are unresolved and pains and hurts and things like that, those scriptures then can become like the, the two by four that they take to whack themselves over the mm-hmm. head and, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, say use that, as a weapon. Yeah. yeah. To use as a weapon. You know, it's like, um, the scene in, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail <laughs> with the monks that are walking in there and they're, and they're chanting and they're the going, board. Bonk. you're too yeah. young. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what you're yeah. talking about. Okay. <laughs> But it looks entertaining. Yes. But anyway, That movie was probably made before she was born. <laughs> yeah. I saw it in the theater. And then my up what year. oldest son, when he was in college, came home and said, Mom, you got to watch this. You know, he had it on like a DVD or something. And I oh, said, I've already seen it. And I said, I've seen it. He said, how could you have seen it? I said, did you see when it came out? Uh-huh. You know? And anyways. Um, but but we... Yeah. Those scriptures then can become things that we just beat our heads self over the head. Which makes us sing more justified in feeling horrible about ourselves and that we are just awful. Yeah. What was the scripture that you had talked about? Like honor those above you. Is that what you said? Or like, yeah, the think of, think of others more more highly highly than than yourself. yourself. And, and that see, that's the thing is that if we don't know the word of God deeply and richly, Mm -hmm. we can take those verses at Mm -hmm. a very surface level Mm -hmm. and not know the context and the meaning behind them Mm -hmm. that it was, like that Jesus took on the role of a servant and right. he deserved all the accolades, all the, I mean, he deserved the highest of everything. And he came, he chose, he chose to come as yeah. a servant and a lowly person mm-hmm. but to meet others needs. And we forget that. Yeah. And then we yeah. forget that, like, that's the context of it. It's mm-hmm. not like, Oh, I failed again. Like, or, Oh, I just honored myself. And so we, we it's yeah. hard for us to be, to mm-hmm. accept praise mm-hmm. from another sister mm-hmm. or brother in Christ because we're like, oh, yeah. I don't want to let it get to my head. I don't want to like oh, that pride. Yeah. Oh, you know? absolutely. That was, I can remember being in, in a therapy group one time and um, I can't remember. Somebody said something to me about, um, they, we happened to go to the same church and they said something about, well, you know, when you sang that on Sunday, it was just so gorgeous. And, I, and I'm like, yeah, you know, that was just all God. And But, you know, I messed this up and messed it up. And I remember the counselor who was running it looked at me and she said, can you just say thank you? Yeah. 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 And not do the whole disclaimer. Yeah. And, and I said, because when you discount what somebody else has said, you're really saying to them, you just don't know what you're talking about. Right? Yes. You know, yeah. instead, just say yeah. thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. in your head then you say, God, that was because of you. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have to tell that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, like, I guess, like, from where I'm coming from, when I give someone a compliment or I, you know, um, praise them for their character or whatever, 
I'm coming at it from the viewpoint of like, I appreciate that you're mimicking God's character. I appreciate Mm -hmm. that you're pressing into the heart of God and like, and reflecting some of his attributes. Mm -hmm. And what, that's what I want to say to someone, Mm -hmm. but sometimes just as prideful humans, we take it and we think it's us. And so I think just as like, as you walk through regret and self-worth, like trying Mm -hmm. to dig down deep and trying to identify who you are, what your purpose is. Um, Know that when, when someone sees a fruit of the spirit in you Mm -hmm. to say, thank you. Like, I'm so glad that God chose me to exemplify joy or something like that. You know what I mean? Because then I can say it, it's, it's not me. It's Christ mm-hmm. in me. Mm-hmm. And that's who gets the glory. It's not yeah. us. Yeah. I think it, it leads me to think, too, um, when we were talking about what we were going to talk at this, uh, at this episode, was the whole idea of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that is a real thing. It is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And, and so I just, I looked up, you know, okay, we got to find something out here. And um, this is an article from Psychology Today, and it says that, People who struggle with imposter syndrome believe that they are undeserving of their achievements Mm -hmm. and the high esteem in which they are, in fact, generally held. They feel that they aren't as competent or intelligent as others might think, and that soon enough, people will discover the truth about them. Those with imposter syndrome are often well accomplished. They may hold high office or have numerous academic degrees. And it's like, if you, if you really knew me, if you mm-hmm. really knew, you wouldn't be saying that because I'm a fake, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. because I see this, 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 these things that are all yeah. wrong. And so therefore I don't deserve that, even though I've done this and yeah. this, mm-hmm. I have these accomplishments or, um, you know, and it can get to the place where you just are afraid of succeeding. And so you self-sabotage right. and, and things like that. And it's interesting that it says that about... 25 to 30 percent of high achievers may suffer from imposter syndrome and about 70 percent of adults may experience imposterism at least once in their lifetime Mm -hmm. it's crazy and when you were explaining that what i hear is a life characterized by paranoia Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um is it dissatisfaction or unsatisfaction lack of satisfaction Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um always on the run and then that makes me Mm -hmm. think exhausted Mm -hmm. and searching for purpose and coming up empty Mm -hmm. and I think imposter syndrome because I had never heard of it explained as imposter syndrome Um, and when I started reading into it I realized that it was some it's something that is so subconscious and sneaky and people have probably experienced it way more often than they even realize Mm -hmm. Um, there was one that I was reading and one of the um, signs of imposter syndrome is you know whether it's an event at work or a birthday party whatever you're planning um, there's a lot of stress and anxiety leading up to the planning lot or leading up to the event lots of planning and then you put on the event and you feel like accomplished and proud of what you've pulled off and then not too soon after not too long after you feel that you could have done better and you start to question what should Mm -hmm. I've done differently and someone else could have done this better than me. And it's like, we don't take the time to even sit in 
the glory of maybe what God has led us to do mm-hmm. in that season. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like someone compliments you on showing joy. It's like, let me just sit in this and thank God for giving me joy to show to others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead, it's like, well, someone like there are more joyful people out there. And like, if you only knew the things I had going on, you wouldn't think that I'm joyful. And so I realized that it's something that is ingrained like so deeply and subconsciously. Mm-hmm. And it's scary mm-hmm. to think how often does that happen in my thoughts and I not even realize it. Mm-hmm. I just wonder what, what, what it looks like for someone to live into all that God has said that they are mm-hmm. and not feel like an imposter mm-hmm. and be able to just sit in his faithfulness. I mean, like, yeah. cause I, was it this episode or last episode? We we're talking about faithfulness, God's faithfulness. Probably. I think it was last one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we talked about, um, looking back mm-hmm. on God's faith. Like maybe the strategy there is with an event or an accomplishment or mm-hmm. whatever that we succeed in earthwise. Um, we're able to look back and say like, this is a, this is a marker of God's mm-hmm. faithfulness mm-hmm. and writing it down and commemorating it and mm-hmm. saying that was only done because God was showed up for me yeah. and he worked in me and he worked through me. So that's going to fall under the category of faithfulness. God, thank you for that experience yeah. so that you're, you're giving him the glory mm-hmm. for what he's done. And then you're able just to sit and say, thank you for doing that in me. And thank you for using me yeah. in a, in such a powerful way mm-hmm. and celebrating that in a way that doesn't feel selfish. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you're celebrating God's work in it and your part as a vessel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's, um, I had, you know, Imposter syndrome, actually, this article went on to say that it was first kind of described back in the 70s as um, something that high-achieving women were mm-hmm. dealing with. And um, Wow. Yeah. And so um, it's like that feeling of I'm in this room, but should I really be in this room? Mm-hmm. You know, mm. I don't feel inside. I don't feel qualified. And mm-hmm. in, inside I see all my um, places I lack, mm-hmm. you know. Many times it's related to perfectionism. Can we just chalk that up to years and years and years and years and years of, I'm going to say it, women's oppression? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I am not going to stand on a soapbox and tell you all the mm-hmm. ways about how I feel like sometimes women mm-hmm. are oppressed. But mm-hmm. I will say that imposter syndrome probably hits home for a lot of women because yeah. Because what we're seeing in today's world is that we can do, we can do anything. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I mm-hmm. love that a woman can do anything. Mm-hmm. There's no longer these, these tight and tidy lines of like, right. stay in your lane. You're only good for staying at home and doing yeah. laundry and raising kids and mm-hmm. feeding kids and all that. Like we're seeing in our world today that we, we can do anything that we put mm-hmm. our mind to. Yeah. And I think sometimes we, we navigate into those areas that where we typically see males mm-hmm. have dominated in the past and think I shouldn't be here because mm-hmm. we're conditioned. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I'm saying this, these things from personal experience. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. There's things that I run up to that I'm like, 
just feel empowered and energized to do and then have this moment of like, who am I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who am I to yeah. do that? Like, I, that's not, that's not like, I can't do that. Yeah. I, saw, I think, I think that that's, I think that is so true. And I think that our listeners, I'm sure that as you're listening to this, you are probably at some point resonating inside mm-hmm. and saying, I've experienced that. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I can almost guarantee that almost everybody who's listening to this has had a moment or maybe you're dealing with it right now mm-hmm. that um, you have maybe have made some success. You have accomplishments and yet mm-hmm. you still don't feel comfortable with it Yeah, because inside it's like, but I don't feel, I don't feel qualified I don't feel deserve it maybe no matter what you're trying to tell yourself and it's you have this disconnect and it's really really uncomfortable but um sometimes you just have to and I do this to myself every once in a while I'll do something and um I'll get done well here's a great example okay vulnerability time um (laughs) a couple a couple a couple um I don't know well, it was weeks ago now, um, I was on the, um, the X podcast, which is the podcast that Pastor Russ and um, Pastor Tim do. And I, it was one of those where they said, well, would you do this? And, I, and it's one of those where you say, oh, okay, sure. And then, you know, where it was just a reaction. It's like, yeah, I want to talk about. And I want to tell you that following week, mm-hmm. yeah. I was like, why did you do that? Mm-hmm. You know. You don't have a degree in Bible. You're not a pastor. Mm-hmm. You're not, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And it was like, and I had to just wrestle through that yeah. and say, no, I know I'm supposed to do this. I know because I know that God has asked me to do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to just shut down the voices inside. Mm-hmm. They're telling me that um, you don't belong at that table with them. Yeah. And, um, you know, and some of that is my background in that I came from, uh, the, and it was just the sign of the times where women were to be mm-hmm. quiet yeah. and they weren't, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, you just didn't, you wouldn't do something like that podcast, for example. Mm-hmm. And when I got done with it, I remember walking off the platform and going back upstairs to the office and I'm like, okay, so what do I feel? Mm-hmm. And I started right away saying, oh, you should have done this and you should have mm-hmm. done that. And you should have done that. Mm-hmm. And I said, no. And I'm so glad nobody saw me because I did. I stopped on the steps and I went, oh, I said, you did a good job, girl. You did a good job. You did what you were supposed to do. You did a good job. And so you sometimes have to do that Mm -hmm. and and then just live in that. Yeah. And since then, when people have said something to me about that podcast, you know, I've had to just say, thank you. Yep. Yeah. I'm so glad it spoke to you. Yep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because otherwise I would just be well, right back in the same spot. Well, because this is what happened. You gave God the glory after it happened. Mm-hmm. So after that, you couldn't receive any of it. Mm-hmm. And I love that because that that's how it's done. It's like mm-hmm. if you know that you're going into a situation mm-hmm. that God leads, leads you into, yeah. he's going to equip you. Mm-hmm. The Holy right. Spirit's going to use your words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that you can say, God, I did that for you. And mm-hmm. if anybody else benefits, that's great. But yeah. I know that yeah. my purpose in that was for you mm-hmm. and you can use it however you want to. So then when you have people come up to you afterwards, you can say like, that's God. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you and for that. The like, just think about what that does to your self-worth. Like, I think it just brings us right back to, mm-hmm. Who are you giving thanks to? And 
who are you getting your worth from? Mm -hmm. Because if they're the same person, then you're probably in. It's a good cycle to be in. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And when I, when I think of, if we tie back like regret and self-worth all in one, I think that um, even through moments where I've found myself in this imposter syndrome cycle, there are times when I, I have to say to myself, like, no, I reject these thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like these thoughts are not welcome. And sometimes they'll creep right back in. Mm-hmm. And I say, no, no these thoughts I are not welcome. Out. And it like, it seems like, it seems like almost like childish to be like, no, these thoughts are not welcome. No, again, these thoughts are not welcome. Mm-hmm. But I've realized over a lot, after a lot of time has passed that like, I get them less often. And I, in the moment, it can feel like you're making no progress and you're like, you're just, these thoughts are just coming back and they're coming back. But I think that the longer you're working at it and the longer you're in connection with God through that, you start to see that diminish. I think it goes back, even when we talked about forgiveness, like I forgive you or even I forgive myself. Mm -hmm. And then the next day I'm like, well, I've gone back to not forgiving myself. Mm -hmm. Like I'm mad at myself about that again. Got to do it again. Mm -hmm. I'm going to forgive myself again. It doesn't mean it didn't work. It just means it hasn't yet. And so continuing on that path of refinement, honestly, through God's lens is what brings you to, and this is like my favorite part, which is you're more sensitive, more reverent, Mm -hmm. more human, more passionate, Mm -hmm. more responsible. And I can tell you from, I can't tell you, I can't sit down with someone and work out exactly everything that God did to heal that regret. Yeah. I don't know how he does it. Yeah. I never will. Mm Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that I'm more passionate and I'm more sensitive. Like I, I like never shed a tear till I was like 22. It was weird. <laughs> I never. Now I just like cry. <laughs> I cry every week during worship, and I used to make fun of Sarah for doing that. <laughs> but like, I can feel those things, and so I know yes. that he worked, mm-hmm. that he was there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think when when you're a planner or you're Um, a logical thinker and you want to know like how and when and what is it going to look like I think maybe we just have to get over that and realize that we might not exactly know how he does it or when he will do it but that there's evidence that he has done it he does it when we give him an invitation Mm -hmm. and I found that my that my most um when I'm most emotional or when I feel most free is when I've like just surrendered something Mm -hmm. to God And it's, I think that that emotion is not sadness or like the tears aren't a reflection of like how I feel. It's, it's the letdown of like, I know that I don't have to take that on by myself. And I know that it's in the hands of the best possible person that it could be. Mm -hmm. And so then I start to feel that sensitivity and that compassion Mm -hmm. and it has really helped me even when, even in conversation with others and my perspective of others, mm-hmm. it has really, really mm-hmm. done a 180. Yeah. I know <clears throat> one of my favorite scriptures in second Corinthians, um, Paul has just kind of talked about, um, his work amongst the Corinthians and that they were just like evidence of things. And so starting in second Corinthians three, this is starting in verse four, 
and this is the NLT, not the message. Breaking <laughs> I'm breaking the streak. <laughs> it says, we are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. Mm. It is not that we think that we are qualified to do mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. on our own. Mm-hmm. Our qualification comes from God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has enabled us to be ministers of this new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the spirit. The old written covenant ends in death but under the new covenant the spirit gives life Mm. and it's just that i mean you're talking about paul Mm -hmm. paul had all Mm -hmm. kinds of qualifications because he was you know schooled in the law i mean Mm -hmm. he had been a pharisee before he met jesus i mean he was a very educated man yet he's saying that what the work he was doing in the church that he wasn't qualified for it, mm-hmm. but it was God who qualified because God had called him to mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. And I think that that's our foundation when we start looking at um, that, when we think about imposter syndrome, when we're saying, well, yeah, but if everybody really knew who I was, well, you know what? God knows who you are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. he has qualified you yeah. and he wants to use you and he wants, and he can, he can do that and he's going to do it through you. It's yeah. not like, we, you know, we have some skin in the game. We mm-hmm. do things. We speak. We we write. We work. We raise our kids. We are doing it. Yeah. But he's the one who's called us and has empowered us and given us all the things that need to be done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay then when somebody says, wow, that was really good. Or, mm-hmm. you know, thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. To realize that God put you in that spot to receive yeah. that. Yeah. And that he's and he's qualified to do it to do it, but he also wants you to get blessed too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, it's been a pep rally That's for good. people. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, women! Yeah, I, oh boy, <laughs> we could talk a lot about that. <laughs> Episode uh, twelve. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so I just want to end today's episode by saying that you, as a woman. Or man, if you're listening to this. Yes, we do have some men. Yes, I talked to someone do. on Sunday yeah. who was, so, he says, I like your podcast better than the other yeah. one. I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, All that to say, if, if you're listening and you feel disqualified by things of your past, mm-hmm. um, past decisions, past mistakes, um, let me just speak to you that you're forgiven mm-hmm. by Jesus, Amen. number one. Mm-hmm. And it's a one and done. And yes. you don't have to keep coming and rehashing it because by the time we get to him back a second time and ask him for, he's like, for what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I've already forgiven that I've paid for the, I've paid the price for it. The debt is written off. Yeah. Um, number two, explore what it looks like to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. And number three, getting rid of your regret and finding freedom from it has a lot to do with your self-worth. And so just encourage you today to lean into that, um, to become more aware that Mm -hmm. you're his child, Mm -hmm. that you're a daughter or a son of him and that he delights in you and that he desires all of you, your whole self. And um, so thank you for joining us today. We have one more episode in this season and we have a very exciting guest next time. So I want you to tune in next week. See you guys. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening today. We hope this episode has inspired you to start a conversation with the women in your life. And we would love to hear from you, your comments, as well as your questions. 
So email us at inspired at the x.church. And we would love to see you at the Inspired Conference on Saturday, May 6th here at X Church. Registration is open now. You don't want to miss it. Sign up for the conference at www.thex.church forward slash inspired 2023. And don't forget to join us next week for more conversation in another episode of the Inspired Podcast. See you then.